Hello, thank you so much for listening along to the incredible conversations we've been having at Reinvision Business. We're hugely grateful to the inspiring group of people that have joined us from all over the world to unpack the systemic issues that are being perpetuated by businesses and what it will take to build a more benevolent world. We're taking a little break with the holidays coming up, but wanted to make sure you got a chance to catch up on all of these conversations. For the first episode, we were joined by Amira Jeeva, who presented the different steps brands can take to become socially responsible and how as consumers we can find aligned products and services. Over the last year, I think it's become increasingly clear that like consumers are getting informed really quickly. Their level of kind of education around social environmental issues has just skyrocketed, especially in 2020, probably will be even more so in 2021. So if you don't want to get left behind as a business, it's important that you start asking yourself these questions because like the people that you're selling to, whether today or tomorrow or six months from now or even three years from now, are going to be asking it. And it's better that you kind of are ahead of the tide. Umar Nasser joined us to review capitalism, socialism, the banking sector and its impact on society. And he revealed what Islamic economics could offer to address today's most pressing problems. Debt is, is really the core that underpins how our economic system works. If we zoom out on sort of on on the big picture, um, what do we have? We have um, banks. Well, what are they? They're private corporations. They're private corporations who have the ability to print money. And in fact, in the UK, they've made about they make about ninety seven percent of the uh, currency in circulation. So we've given power to private corporations to which have a profit motive to print money. And give that out. Maisha Begum, also known as Oso Ethical, helped us unpack the systemic issues that contributed to the Rana Plaza collapse in Bangladesh, which took the lives of over 1,100 people. It is considered to be the deadliest garment factory disaster in history. Sometimes I'm literally in bed thinking, this is literally what I do every day. I've tried to ask the brands to pay their workers' wages, and it's just the most devastating, dire thing to think about. The fact that there are workers currently starving, forced into unsafe working conditions. Just it's if you read the reports that are coming out now about the situation of garment workers, it's so devastating. And the fact that we are having to do this daily when brands have a choice, by the way, they are these are billionaires, these are millionaires, these are people who have the wealth. They could they they could choose tomorrow to pay their workers living wage. They have that ability and the fact that we have to ask them to literally give like just squeeze out like a few pennies just to stop their works from dying is really devastating. We reviewed the roots of wealth and capitalism with Sahima Manzoor Khan. Capitalism is this shift to an economy where most people um, sell their time and their skills uh, for a wage and then a minority people, less people kind of own the majority of the profit from that. Now, with that development of capitalism, you know, at the same time, so not as a separate thing, but very much as part of it, comes colonialism, right? So you begin extracting, so taking, sealing, pilfering, whatever words you want to use, resources from other countries around the world. So that looks like you go to another country and then you tax them and you take that tax to your own country. Or you go to another country and you de-industrialize that economy and then you take the raw materials from that country to Britain. There you, you kind of 
change them into whatever it is that you're going to change them into, whether it's clothes or something else. And then you sell it back to the country that you took the original raw material from. Samson, Samlin, Bowling help us understand the current energy infrastructure of Africa and what it will take to fund emerging market solutions. It's kind of like an iceberg. You only see the the tip um, and that tip is the is the success. And underneath that is a is a whole load of failure, which is to say, I spent so much time <laughs> writing grant applications and trying to get investors that just went absolutely nowhere. I think, you know, probably something like out of the last kind of four years that I've been working on this, at least a year and a half, maybe even two years, maybe let's call it a year and a half has been failed attempts of trying to get funding. Dr. Jeanette Hebeshi helped us unpack what it takes to build a social enterprise in Palestine and what happens when we employ women. West Bank and Palestine. Let's talk about West Bank and Gaza. Gaza suffer from 72% of unemployment. You know, in, in Palestine, in West Bank, there is almost 30-something percent of unemployment. The unemployment for women is higher than the unemployment for men because of cultural circumstances. First of all, like mobility is not that easy. You know, you never know when the checkpoint is going to to appear because they have these new system like they call it flying checkpoints. They come and they create a checkpoint here and maybe after an hour, it's another checkpoint. So there's no prediction to even organize or alternative routes. Rushdie Siddiqui joined us to discuss the importance of centering resources and wealth distribution and how Waqf and charity offer a promising solution to many of the problems impacting humanity. The narrative has to expand to talk about sustainability. Because if you look at uh, the 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 thoughts behind Islamic finance, it's about the people. It's about the planet and it's about prosperity and it's about no one being left behind. Earth unpacked the severity of our climate emergency, the importance of reviving cultural practices and spotlighting culturally diverse brands. When we reach one degree warming, in addition to where we are right now, we're going to see irreversible changes to the earth. So a lot of many parts of the world will become basically uninhabitable because of how hot they are and, and, and you know, the, the effect on agricultural land, the effect on people living there. Um, but we'll also see extreme, extreme amounts of poverty and hunger and climate displacement, unemployment, loss of livelihoods and a competition for resources, um, which I think would just change. I mean, we already have that, but the extent to which we would have that then, I think, is something that we've never seen before. Um, so it really is a climate emergency. Nayantara Sriram discussed the prevalence of modern slavery in our supply chains. Obviously, modern slavery and slavery as a concept has been age old. You know, we looked at prehistoric slavery, which we thought had been eradicated. But today it exists as contemporary slavery. There are 40.3 million victims in the world today, which is really shocking in the, you know, the 21st century. And with Huda Kartabi and Georgina Wilson-Powell, we looked at why we should abolish fast fashion and how it thrives of violence inflicted on garment workers. 
I think that there are certain industries that can only be reformed so far until they just hit a wall and you realize that they just have to like completely like disappear. So I think slavery is always a really exact like easy example. Like there's no way that you can reform slavery to make it better. It needs to like get abolished altogether. And I think that there's a lot of industries that we take for granted in the West that should be abolished. Uh, I think fast fashion is one of them. There's no way that you can reform an industry that is built on and requires violence in order to function. You can't reform that. Um, you can reform it to make it less violent, but it's still violent. Um, so I don't think that fast fashion can ever get reformed into like something that's ethical. It's been a devastating year for so many, but we find hope and strength in the work of those dismantling systems and re-envisioning business to build a better world for those that have been overlooked again and again. We hope you'll join us for chapter two of spotlighting stories like these in 2022. Until then, peace and blessings.